there. Welcome back to a new episode of the Mass Business Podcast. My name is Matt Ward and I am your host. Today I'm bringing you a special guest, Michelle Falanga. Michelle is a two-time Emmy award-winning professional voice talent with over two decades of experience in the industry. She is the voice of multiple national commercial campaigns, corporate videos, conference openers, trailers, animation, virtual reality, and artificial intelligence, as well as live music and drum competitions in stadiums all over the world. Her voice is chosen for being authentic, natural, relatable, and honest. In addition to being a voiceover, Michelle is also an actor and a published author, an old soul with a young spirit. Michelle is a five-year-old child trapped in the body of a 52-year-old woman and is destined to be wearing Hello Kitty pajamas into her 90s, listening to Sinatra. And if she does it right, she'll do it my way. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Mass Business Podcast, where small business owners, also known as risk takers, share their stories about the growth of their business and themselves. Our interviews and our content is focused on growing a small business and understanding networking and referrals. I say it all the time, and I'll say it again today, you never know where your next referral will come from. Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks for joining me. Thank you. That intro, I, I feel like, who is that girl? <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Always, oh, it always feels different when somebody else is reading it, especially yeah. when we wrote it ourselves. <laughs> so um, I know I read it, but just summarize it real quick in under 30 seconds for our listening audience on the podcast platforms that they're listening to or also watching on YouTube. What is it that you actually do? Um, I'm a voiceover, so I I lend my voice to projects of every kind for different companies and clients all over the world. Um, mostly I do short form. I'm not really a long form girl. So I do like, you know, commercials for radio and TV and like short form like videos for companies that want, you know, a video on their website or their social channels. Um, just anything to get their message out. And I can, I do also, you know, I can do like phone greeting things too, but mostly I focus on things that make people feel something like that's what I do the best. How long have you been doing that, Michelle? So I've been doing voiceover for like 24 years, but only full time for eight years. I went all in eight years ago, like full Wow. On. Yeah. Now, what was that like? I mean, just jumping, right? <laughs> yeah, we've all been there, right? Because we all started at some point. Mm -hmm. Tell us a little bit about what that journey was eight years ago. Yeah, so again, I, I was always, I always had a, you know, I'm kind of like a girl who likes, you know, have a full-time job and, you know, income and all that. I've never really saw myself as like an entrepreneur, like doing my own business. I always wanted like that security. And um, about eight years ago, I got laid off from that job. You know, they say things mm. like that happen, right? So I got laid off from a job that I loved and, and, while I was at that job, I did I did acting and voiceover on this. Like I performed in murder mysteries and improv shows for acting on um, every weekend, and then I would do you know voiceover 
once a month or something, but it was certainly not my bread and butter. It was like a little, you know, icing. And then when I got laid off, you know, I've immediately, my brain was like, must find new job, you know, but my husband at the time said, he's still my husband. (laughs) (laughs) He said, um, he said, you know, that he wanted me to pursue, like, he's like, you're so good at this. Like, why don't you try? And I was like, what? Like, no. And so honestly, I, I credit him for kind of giving me the the courage to do that. Cause I honestly, I don't think on my own, I would have jumped and taken that leap. And to be truthful, the, you know, I, I always say this. So people understand this as a opening, you know, starting your own business as an entrepreneur. Like it took, I think five years from then going all in to make what I was making at my job mm-hmm. like, to build that business. The first year was like oodles and noodles and eggs. You know? <laughs> Second year, I doubled that third year, you know, I doubled that. And ultimately five years in, I remember like hitting my spreadsheet and being like, you just made what you used to make as a manager, like five years ago, five years ago. But that's what I'm saying. Like I was, but you still wouldn't even be there with the theoretically cost of living increases either. So you're still in a lot of ways catching up, but you know, What was the rat race like for you when you first started? Like, what was the biggest struggle, do you think? Um, the the technical part of it. I, I'm not a I'm not a gear nerd or anything mm-hmm. like that. Like people ask you what mic you have, and I'm like, it's a Scooby-Doo 560. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so bad. I literally don't know. Like, so learning to me, that's like the hard part, the mud. I like I'm good at like connecting to a script and bringing it to life and you know, infusing it with something that makes people think or feel or just hear it just like get across the message but when it comes to like you know what mic you have how you plug it in all the techno technological stuff i'm just like ah like i hate I, to this day i hate that i had my original uh booth was in my closet i dug out all my clothes and and dug out a closet and lined it with like bedding and then i worked with a person to help me get my sound up to a par and I had that plugged in and everybody'd be like, try this or, you know, unplug that. And I'm like, nope, we don't touch. The, <laughs> we don't touch the plug. Like I literally did not touch that setup for five years. Yeah. And then a few years ago, uh, a couple of years ago, I had, I switched over to a, like a booth uh, and I had to do that all again, again, not my fun, but, but so I just wish I, you know, I just, I have to do the engineering. It's part of my job. I engineer it. I also edit it and all that, but that's, that's my least favorite part of it. So, so in in growing the technical side as well, from the editing side too, was probably a big learning curve to for you oh then God. too. Yeah, I never, I've never edited a, an audio file. Now I'm like, you know, I don't, I still don't love it. I, I do it. That's why I think I don't do long form because it's a lot to like edit all your breaths out. So I'm like more of a thirty second girl. <laughs> when did you, Michelle? When did you realize that long form wasn't for you? I mean. I don't like, to me, it's exhausting. I still, to this day, I still get stuff. Like I have a client who just gave me a script that was like a thousand something words. I'm, I'm more of like a 250 word girl, you know, yeah. or, or, you know, short form commercials. It's just more my workflow. It also is, takes too much time for me to edit all that. Um, but I did it for them, you know, but it was a lot. I remember being like, this is not fun for me. This is not my mm-hmm. job, you know? So that's just so interesting that you bring that up because my new book, The High Five Effect, How to Do Business with People Who Bring You Joy, is all about <laughs> selecting the right customers and the right type of business that you want to work with. And I'm super intrigued by 
the dis- the internal discovery that you had that long form was not for you. What it sounds like you connected the dots to not so much reading the script or performing the script as a voiceover artist, but more so the back end work necessary to actually produce the script was just not your joy. And so you're like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to do that. And so you make an exception here or there. Yes. But somebody comes to you with an audiobook, you're out. I'm like, I got somebody I can give you. Right. <laughs> yeah. I refer people all the time. And I, like e-learning is another one. That's like a lot of like modules and whatever. And again, I've make, made a few exceptions, um, but I don't, I don't do a lot. And I feel like I've, because of that, I've like, I don't even audition for that sort of thing. I target, I target what I know is my wheelhouse and I'm very, you know, intentional about that and very specific about it. Another, another one that I refer people to that I get chosen for and I'm like, don't choose me is um, medical narration. (laughs) It's all these like big words and like, you have to sound like, you know, what neuro blah, 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 blasphemy is. And Mm -hmm. I don't, and I can do that on most scripts, but I, I find that very cumbersome and, just yucky. Like, and well, like, and in your business too, it's going to show through in the voice, right? In the, in the actual end product, it, yeah. you're going to hear the lack of confidence. And there are many voiceovers that I've actually referred people to because they're fantastic at that. They're just, they love that. They enjoy that. I don't enjoy that particular genre. So, so when, when, did, when did that discovery occur for you? How, how early or late in your business cycle was that? Pretty, pretty early on. I mean, I, I and I started, you know, I start. it's funny because when I, but I mean, like in the first year, did you push these long projects away? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. you did. Well, I didn't even try for them. So, and yeah. I didn't have like the, like, I have such a wealth of, um, of clients now that re- come to me repeatedly now. So it wasn't even like, it was just, I wasn't even auditioning for those. I was auditioning for the, for the other ones, but yeah, it, it just kind of happened like organically. Everything about, honestly, about my business a lot of I talk to a lot of voiceovers and they all have this trajectory and they do the same thing and all these things. And I kind of I don't know, carved kind of a weird, a little bit of a different path. Like, I don't I just trust my instincts more Yeah. versus like what they tell you, like they tell you certain things you should never do. And you, know, you should never audition and leave like a lead in like where you're like where you lead in with a different word. I do that all the time or like I'll laugh in the middle of a thing. And they're like, you should never do that. Or you're supposed to like follow exactly the specs the client has. I do. I don't do that. I go with my own instincts and I'll get hired for it. And I've learned that by watching, like you'll see something you auditioned for and they had a certain spec they wanted it to be. And then you'll see it on TV and you, you did what they wanted. And then you see it on TV and it's not anything like they wanted because they don't always know really what they want. And so at least you should at least bring yourself, your own instincts to it. You, you can certainly do maybe one take with their instinct or whatever, but then also give them, give them you, bring you to yeah. the table, you know, because that you're the professor, you're the one bringing, you, you know, I let the, the scripts inform me of how they should be read, not a spec. Right. Yeah. And so, I mean, I, I think, oh man, so much to unpack there is, is, um, this idea about instinct, right? And trusting your gut, right? I talk about that in the new book when it comes to picking the right clients. And it sounds like you did that from early on. Most people take on clients early on that they see red flags in and they know they shouldn't take on because they need the money. Um, and so it sounds like because you had enough money coming in in the household 
just to right you didn't have to take the long form stuff you could actually draw the line there i don't think i i don't think it was that as 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 clear as you're saying it like i think that it just wasn't that i was auditioning for that sort of thing and then mm -hmm. and then i mean to be honest there were in the beginning there were many clients that paid very little like i and this is embarrassing because i would never do yeah. this now but i remember like a big pizza company like we all know mm -hmm. they hired they wanted to pay 30 dollars for like a national ad or what or like a, a really big commercial ad. I remember at the time being like, and I, I can't remember the different things, but I would take certain smaller jobs like that, you know, through every year I got a little better, a little smarter, yeah. a little wiser. And now I'm like, I actually just turned down a job, which was like worldwide usage and all the things. And it would have been a lovely $500 that I could have used but I had to hold up a certain standard because that should have been like $4,000. Right. I, uh, it was it was honestly still killing me, but I had to say no to it because of my colleagues. I want to raise the standard. Like, it's like when you, my husband always compares it to hiring a plumber. He's like, you're a plumber. <laughs> He's like, you don't have a plumber come out and be like, I want the bathtub and the toilet and the sink. And if you could install all those and I can use them forever, but can you just give me, can I do that for $30? You know, like, you're just yeah. like, they're not going to do that. No plumber's going to do that. But unfortunately, in my industry, there are still a lot of people who undercut and will just like take it because they need, you know, they'll just do it for 30. Well, it's a resume builder, right? The big pizza company is a logo. And it happens in the speaking industry. You know, when I started, I was doing a bunch of things for momentum, right? And I was doing, uh, I was picking and choosing, but I would do a bunch of free gigs. Yeah. I still do free gigs, but, <laughs> you know, it, it's very selective, right? And, and, um, and, and I often don't do free gigs because they just ask. Like I just got selected for a gig this morning. Nice. Um it, but it's a free gig and it's in Philadelphia. Okay. And they don't pay travel or anything. I'm not going to Philadelphia for a free gig. I'm yeah, not. that's weird. Um if it was right down my street, maybe I'd consider it more, right? So and it also depends on who the audience is and how I can use the content and can I videotape. And there's a lot of there's a lot of other stuff that goes into the mix that makes it much less of a red flag, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I think understanding who we want as clients is such a big part of our business growth and trajectory. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it sounds like over the years you've adjusted those things, right? And yes. you've gotten to the point where you're starting to really find that ideal client for you. It sounds like you have a lot of repeat customers, which is great, right? Obviously, in the business that you're in, it's not a one and done. If they're doing a commercial ad, they're probably going to do more than one. Yes. You know, long term. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's good. What would you say, you know, as far as uh, the biggest struggles in your business have been over the last eight years full time? What do you think the biggest struggle has been? I'm trying to think. I mean, so I'm not, I'm not super great at like marketing in the sense of like, I don't find, I'm, again, I'm like every year I get a little bit wiser, a little better. Mm -hmm. And I realize, and I'm now I have a thing that shows like how many, how many, you know, you should have had that way back, but I didn't have that. Now I'm like, okay, most of my leads came from blah, blah, blah. You know, most mm -hmm. of my stuff came from this. I get, I would say most of my work comes from people hearing my voice first and then hiring me because I auditioned for it. So I'm on a few sites that are called pay to plays mm -hmm. and which you pay a, a fee and you get like 30 auditions in your inbox every day. You pick which ones to choose and then you audition. So their first introduction to me is hearing my voice on their script mm. for, like, for like 30 seconds. And then 
liking, loving your voice and then hiring you versus me reaching out saying, hi, I'm Michelle. I do voiceover like that has never really worked for me. Right. And also, I've I've learned from keeping the spreadsheet now that, well, about 75 percent of my work is repeat clients, which is amazing. And then 40 percent of my work last year, 45 percent was international, like hmm. Germany, Italy, Finland, Japan, like I work with clients all over the world. And that also tells me that m although I live in Boston, my voice has no regional accent. I could, I sound like I can be anywhere in the world um, and that my voice can reach a huge wide audience, which is why I've done a lot of national spots. What do you, just for the listeners pleasure. I'm not going to be able to do a voice. No, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. What's the, what I would never, that's like asking a comedian to tell a joke. I would never do that. Sing, um, sing a song, Kelly. What, what do you think the most recognizable commercial you've done is? Um, honestly, or, or thing, I say, or thing. What's, what's the most recognizable yeah, job that you've done? I feel like the one that got the most, like everybody saw was the the whole series a couple of years back of the Southern New Hampshire University ones? There was oh like, SNHU the bus that went around. Yes, that was you. Yeah, <laughs> that's why we hit the road again at SNHU. We you know it's like that and the one at the graduation scene where it's like at Southern New Hampshire University we're committed to your success. That's why we hit the road again. You know and it's like all of those. So I did their whole like I was their voice for like a good couple of years. And those were on literally everybody I know would be like, I'm doing dishes and every day I hear you. <laughs> so that's like uh, one that most people heard. But I've done there's another one I did that's national for um, Daily Harvest. I don't know if you know what that is. Um, that's on all the time. Daily Harvest is like a food service that delivers kind of thing. Um, Daily Harvest. I've also done um, native deodorant, which is like a native is like a natural you know, non-toxic deodorant thing. And there's a national, oh, PGA tour. Oh, I, wow. I did some stuff for PGA tour. Yeah. I've been so reckon, very recognizable brands. It's yeah. so funny. SNHU. Um, so my good friend, Jason Cutter, who really, I was talking to him one day and that's where this podcast came from Oh wow! as we were just brainstorming and stuff. And he, he, we were talking about this and then out of that conversation came this, this idea for this podcast. Yeah. Um, Jason Cutter got his master's from SNHU when he was living in uh, Northern California and he did it all online. Yeah, you can, it's all online, I think. Or so I wonder if he responded to your ad. <laughs> the I world is so small. Yep. That's so great. That's so awesome. Um, yeah, no, it's always cool to kind of relate things. I mean, I mean, you have a little bit, I, I, I would say you have a little bit of celebrityism in there, right? In what you do, because if you get the big pizza chain and they run the thing on the Super Bowl or something like that, you know, you never know. But, um, it, you know, it, is that when you get these big gigs like this, these big clients, does it drive you more to, 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 to do more and serve more in what you do. What does that do for you as a business owner? I mean, it, you know, it's cool. Like, the, like you said, the Emmy thing, it's like, I get like, everybody's like, you need yeah. to step behind you so you can. Yeah. Oh, there it is. It's the Emmy. Look at that. It's real. That's um, so cool. What was that for? This one, uh, they were both for commercials. This was for a commercial called the legend. Again, it wasn't like a big name brand. It was more for a, um, 
uh, it was for an ad company, actually. It's a beautiful ad. Um, but but I will say I was lucky that this producer happened to put me on the creative team because there's a lot of things that win Emmys out there that the voiceovers, I would say most of the time, voiceovers do not get credit like that. So mm. he, because, you know, it's funny because like the music guy, the producer, the, you know, the, the writer, all these people get an Emmy. But like the voiceover, which really kind of ties it all in a bow and is really like what impacts it all, it, you know, it's not the only thing, but it's definitely part of the mix, um, doesn't get credit, which is so weird to me. Um, anyway, so he was like, Michelle, your voice is one of the reasons we we won this. So hmm. I, he put my name on it. So I, I was blessed to have that um, because of that very generous producer. Um, but the celebrity, like, so I would say that the reason I got, the reason I do what I do and what wakes me up every day and I get excited about is, again, for me, I've been through some pretty crazy struggles in my life, pretty like traumatic major things. Mm -hmm. And I think that's why my voice has like a vulnerability to it, like an mm -hmm. relatability to it and like an authenticity when I read. And so like the the things that I get to do are like, a lot of like I would say 70% of what I get to do is stuff that makes people like feel something, whether that's inspired, motivated, you know, understood, just something that makes them feel something like, you know, the person running, struggling through her like demons, you know, like I get that. Like, it's not hard for me to reach that 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 read because I feel like that on a daily for myself, like just to push through a lot of the physical stuff that I have. So it's like. It just comes out in the read. There's like an authenticity there. And so in that way, I believe that the read will then be on something that somebody will hear. And then I like to think the message will come through to them and give them what they need to feel because, you know, that I feel like I'm a vessel to like bring those messages, if you will. Um, yeah. And and so it's not about like, oh, I got the, I mean, yeah, it's it's certainly great and it's better money if you get these bigger things. But one of my favorite projects was this um drum show I did. I think it paid like $200. It was this little job, still my favorite job to this day. Hmm. And it was, it was for one of the drum shows and it was like this narration and it filled this huge stadium in a, in a, like a world competition for this uh, drumline uh, group, which they're very talented and amazing. And they do all this choreography with the drums and the music and the people are just amazingly talented. And I, my voice was on it and it was the, the monologue from, uh, do you ever see American Beauty? The movie? Oh, I don't, I don't, probably, but I don't recall it. That's okay. There's a monologue at the end where he talked, where he's, he dies and he talks about the last moments of his life and how everything flashes before you and you, all you feel is gratitude. And, and it, so it was like this very poignant, like words that I was saying. And yeah. it, filled, it filled the stadium with this beautiful music behind it. And it was just like goosebumps. That's what I do, goosebumps. And every, and it was just like, and you could see they panned to people in this, full football stadium crying like it was like beautiful and and again I was just a small piece of that but it was like again I get chills just thinking yeah about it. still to this day one of my favorite projects ever and that didn't pay a lot of money it's not a big name nobody knows what it is but it touched a million people so yeah yeah I think it's important as business owners that we we do what makes us happy right mm -hmm. and it and and we hang out with the people who bring us joy. Yes. Um, talk to me a little bit about the types of, of people you hang out with. You do a lot of networking. You do. Are you involved in voiceover groups and you know other voiceover artists that yeah. 
not only you refer to, because you mentioned that before, but you get advice from or you lend advice to? Yep. So I have a few groups. Um, I used to do like a kind of a weekly, we do like what they call VO workouts, like voiceover workouts with this group of people. I kind of stopped doing that. Um, I was doing that for years, um, but they're great. And I refer people over to them. And then um, I have a count, an accountability voiceover partner, if you will, a partner in crime, um, because honestly, it's such a unique field and we're so isolated in our booths that we don't really get out much and we don't like, we don't really see each other ever. So once a week, her and I meet every Monday at 11, 11, cause I'm all about, <laughs> I love, I love, what do you call that? There's a name for that. I the love iteration now two, two, two or three, three, oh, three. Yeah. we meet at 11, 11 every Monday morning and on, on zoom. And we, um, talk about our, um, somebody said this at a conference I went to once. It was like, um, you're happy, crappy, focus, fun. So it's like for the, okay, for this past week, what made you happy? What was crappy? Like what thing wasn't great? What was, fo what's your focus and what was fun? You know, something fun that has nothing to do with voiceover. So we kind of like meet and we support each other and, you know, talk out any problems we might have that are like, you know, something where, you know, you run into something, oh, this client, I didn't know how to answer them. We, we help each other. And then there's, I have another group like that with four, four voiceover uh, women that I talk to. And then there's other voiceovers that I just randomly meet with once a month, once every couple of weeks on Zoom um, to just kind of like, they're all, they're all different. They're all unique. And they, I have different relationships with all of them and they're all wonderful. So other than voiceover artists and other than your current clients, and other than lead gen sites like pay to play, when you think about referrals, who, who what type of industry person is sending referrals your way? Is you know, it video it, people or? No, and this is this is probably an area where I, I struggle. Um, like I've become a couple of things. I've become a member of like the local chamber thing and the score, you know, mm -hmm. so yeah, trying score. to like trying to like network, maybe mm -hmm. find referrals and help each other out. But I feel like what I do, I don't think anyone really understands. So I don't feel like I get a lot from that. Um, and then in addition to that, unfortunately, is as much as people will love you. And I do have some clients who refer me, but most clients, they don't want to refer you. No, they want to keep you to themselves. Yeah, because they don't yeah. want everybody to have your voice if they're using your voice. Yeah. So it's a kind of a weird thing. So you can't be like, my, you know, please, just like most people, most industries, mm -hmm you happily refer them, right? But well, they don't though, Michelle, no? that's a no. So every industry runs into the same problem you're you're talking really? about. People clients don't clients refer one to three people over a lifetime. Huh. And partners refer one to three people a year. That's why you refer so many other voiceover artists because it's not a good fit. So you send them to the right people. Here's the thing with that. Um, there's two reasons why they don't refer. One is they want to hoard you to themselves, yeah. right? They don't want to share you. They want to make sure that you're available. And you also mentioned the other part, which is you're the voice of their brand. So if they send you out, you're not the voice of everybody's brand. Right. That's not beneficial to them. So they're right. not going to willingly share you out. The other reason why they don't refer you clients is because they're not in a position to do so. So the person that hired you at the company, it's not talking to their counterpart at other companies right. about production of commercials. Right. Um, but who is in a position to hire you on a regular basis is the video editors, the video production people, mm -hmm. um, the people around social media, marketing and campaigns, the people who are producing videos of some kind, yeah. um, people like myself, like professional speakers who do a lot of videos, yeah. things like that. So finding that right, that right niche um, of people, 
that are talking to the person who makes the decision that hires the voiceover artist. Yeah. Like I've thought about, so there's groups that I've always like, oh, I should get, I'm not, again, this is part of where I struggle. I'm not great at this. I, I know there's like many untapped market things that I'm not really dipping into. Uh, most recently I thought about, I do a lot of things with motionographers, motion graphics people who are like the most talented people. They make these beautiful motion graphics and I've voiced a million of them. I even have a sampler on my website mm -hmm. of motion graphics samples, which has like 10 samples in it. And and so I'm like, oh, I should become part of motion motionographer groups and motion graphics groups so that, you know, I kind of like see what's going on and kind of maybe connect mm -hmm. with some of them. I'm just really bad at this stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like I'm not. Yeah. I'm, I need to work on that. Well, that's the imposter syndrome. Mm, for sure. Because right now you probably are one of very few voiceover artists who could specialize in that because you're knowledgeable. So the minute you get in the group, there probably will. I'd be surprised if there was even one other voiceover artist there, hmm. right? Because you now are picking a lane and going there. And yeah. that makes you uh, the big fish in a small pond at that point, because now you can answer any question related to voiceover stuff. Yeah, and you yeah, become the expert there. I definitely have the, the imposter syndrome thing all the time. I mean, we all do, but um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I feel like, well, all these motion graphics people have probably worked with other voice talents. So I'm not oh, like yeah. fish, you know, but also a lot of their work, like some of their work, I did one that he won like an award for, and it went like international. And I got like a huge job from an Italian client for doing virtual reality from just hearing that video. Like I've gotten reached out to where they're like, we saw many people reach out to me for this one video I did called light in the dark. It's a beautiful video. And he's so talented. And he, that video has generated just them hearing my voice. And he put my name on the credits, which is mm. also not usually done. And so people have reached out to me from hearing that video and and, and hired that's me. That's super cool. I know. That's the stuff I love. That's so cool. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, you know, as I always tell people about imposter syndrome is we all have those exact same challenges. We just don't know that we have the same challenges until we actually voice them to other people. And then we start to realize that, that, Imposter syndrome is a very common thing. And yeah. once we can push through those challenges, you know, it's not, it's not as big of an issue. You yeah. know, we know more than we think we know. We don't give ourselves enough credit, especially as solopreneurs and small business owners, right? Cause we're in that, in my, my case, I'm in a office. You're, you're in a, you know, a sound booth, right? Yeah. So it's like, we, we often don't see the whole picture from just these tiny spaces that we live in and work in every single day. So it's yeah. a challenge. What um, <clears throat> I like to share with the listening audience and the people who are viewing on YouTube, what one piece of software, not specific to your industry, but what one piece of software has helped you grow your business? I'm going to sound really dumb. So, <laughs> software, like, like, how do you, how, how, what software are you using to run your business? Yeah. Uh, you, Oh, I'm not using any, I'm using Excel. Okay. Using, That's not, okay. You're using, using Excel. I'm not even using a CMR or CRM. Or CRM. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. It's, it's a Scooby-Doo 54. <laughs> Are you using QuickBooks? Are you using no. task managers? Are you I using? Do, I'm so like, again, every year I get better, but mm -hmm. I do, I, I'm, I don't source anything out. I do everything from an Excel spreadsheet. I do all my accounting. I do all my everything, all my thank yous, all my, like everything I do is from an Excel spreadsheet. 
And then as far as software, like I use um, a thing called Twisted Wave is my software for editing. For, yeah, for your editing like software. Yeah. Um, but like I, I'm so. Okay, so you're using Excel, yes. which is old school. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. Just I just hope you're backing it up every day. <laughs> that's your goal then for the next week is to figure out how to get that backed up every day because yeah. i early on used excel and excel files can get corrupted and unable to be opened so just back them up every day okay. and then yeah. you'll be safe and i use dropbox a lot because i have oh, a lot there you of, go i have a lot of um like you know i pay for the higher versions yeah. so, because i have a lot of files that i can't lose that are like you know voice files and it's a, it's a lot. So like, there's your backup, by the way, for your Excel. Yeah. Drop okay. it up in there every single day and you're fine. Yeah. I use Dropbox too. Dropbox, folks, is a great tool uh, for file sharing and also just really great for backing up your files. Um, just pay for the premium edition. Um, you know, I, I literally just got 610 photos from a trip I took to uh, the Grand Canyon oh, wow. and I wanted to share them with the eight other people that were on the trip. I put them in Dropbox, right? Yep. Um, I use it every day. All the time. Every single speaking video I get goes into Dropbox, mm -hmm. yep. you know? Um, and so just these are, this is a great tool to use. So consider Dropbox if you're not already using it, folks. All right. And then uh, final question for you, business book, what business book would you recommend uh, somebody else read? Are you looking for your Scooby-Doo book? <laughs> um, wow. Um, I so I don't. I have some vision issues, so I don't read. Read like a uh, audio book though. Do you listen to them or? I do. No, I listen to a lot more like YouTube things. I mm -hmm. I remember one of them that uh, a friend of mine referred to me years ago, and I did read. And at the time, it's interesting. And is this quick book? Quick read. Eat the frog or eat the. Oh. Uh, yeah. Which is you know, and I, I don't know. Eat the frog. Things eat that frog or eat the frog. It's just like a, you know, like kind of do the hardest thing first. And oh yeah. Versus like, it's called, uh, eat that frog. 21 yeah. great ways to stop procrastinating and get more done in less time by Brian Tracy. Yeah. I'm still yeah. working on that. I'm not, the, I really struggle with my time management. I yeah. literally get distracted and then I go, Oh, I'm going to, Oh, and I'm going to audition. I'm a squirrel. I'm a squirrel. Yeah, I'm so, I'll look a squirrel all the time. One of the things that uh, we've talked to a lot of people about is outsourcing, right? Trying to find ways to outsource the business side of it, not the creative. You're the voice. Be the voice and let all the other stuff. So I've thought about that. There's a, I think there's this like thing with me that my whole brand is very personal, very like connected, very real. So I, every client I have, when I, every email, every reminder for their thing is just me being looking at my spreadsheet. Oh, it's it's past yeah, but there's a whole bunch of other stuff that doesn't involve clients in what you do. Like that you've talked a little bit about the marketing, you know, yeah. and stuff like yeah. that. And social media, like, you mentioned you, website. I don't understand how you'd market like without, cause you can't just like, I don't do, I don't do like mass market where I send a yeah. million things out to a thing. I'm the girl that like takes every production company. Hi, I find out who I'm talking to. Hi, you know, Sally, whatever. Uh, like, and I don't just send Jen, like, you know how it is on LinkedIn. If somebody sends you like a, yeah. oh, my demo is like, delete like yeah no that's a okay. moment yeah. to like know who i am you know i don't do that i do everything personal which takes a lot of work and a lot of time and and it's not like a mass thing and so no. i don't know what i would hire someone for like truth maybe to find me well you have a website i do so I, you don't have to manage that 
Um, yeah, it's a WordPress. I mean, I have. Yeah, a so there's one thing you could outsource. I do outsource that now that you say yeah, that. There you go. Yeah. Sort of. I it's mean, a I start. I do it myself and then I mess it up. And <laughs> it's a start. Can you fix what I just messed up? <laughs> I'm really bad. I, I'm like, I shouldn't touch it. Yeah, I'm the same way. And I owned a web company. <laughs> I learned early on that the owner in the company, uh, that the company makes more money when the owner's not present. <laughs> very true. Yeah, yeah. All right. Awesome. Well, this has been a, such a great episode. Um, how can people reach out to you, Michelle, and do some networking if that's what you're open to um, and learn more about your services? How, wh where can they find you and how can they find you? So I guess like the most central would be to go to michellefalanga.com um, or michellefalangavoice.com. But if you went to michellefalanga.com, spelled, will it be showing my name on the screen there? Mm -hmm. Just like that with no space, michellefalanga.com. Um if you click, there's like an acting page, a writing page, and then the voice, if you click on the voice page, it will actually redirect you to Michelle Falanga voice. So kind of, I would just say to go to the main one. And then on that page, there's like, you can also click on like, there's like the social media um, icons, like my Vimeo page and my YouTube page. And both on the website and on those, um, those uh, Vimeo and YouTube are tons of samples of my work. Like like many in like samplers of genre, different genres and then actual whole spots of different work that I've done. So very cool. So yeah. So you folks can go see some of the carnival cruise line stuff she's done. And I, I've seen some of her, uh, her work. It's, it's pretty cool. You'll, you'll notice a lot of brands out there that you're familiar with that Michelle has uh, lent her name to in compensation exchange. <laughs> Uh, and it's co always cool to have somebody different on. You know, we've had a lot of coaches on this show. We've had um, just a lot of different service providers of all types. But to have a voiceover artist, I think, is really awesome. And uh, so it's a it's it's a unique approach. And and I think for people to hear how you grew your business and how you get your leads and how you do your referrals is is super super awesome. So thanks so much for joining us on here, um, folks. If you're listening on any podcast app on your phone right now uh, make sure you subscribe to the mass business podcast we greatly appreciate it and if you're watching on youtube smash that subscribe button as well as the notification <laughs> bell so that you get notified every single day we release a new episode and until next time don't forget to live happy smile a lot and high five everyone around you take care <laughs>
you feel what I'm telling you? 